Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously. Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Any sports show or hosts can make predictions, but these guys keep a record of theirs. Gentlemen, we are keeping score. Believing in their prognosticating abilities so much, listen now as Phil, Judd, and Dave write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, gentlemen. Forced home run predictions only. Forced home run predictions only in this segment. I've gone back in the archives, and I found some of our previous forced home runs. Most of them turn out to be incorrect, as you might expect. Um, Let's see here. Well, there's a bunch here. Uh, Judd, you have a couple that are, I don't know if they're forced home runs or not. Like, you have one. There's going to be a credible report that uh, Miguel Sano's weight will be over 300. That's not a, here's a that's forced not, home run. That's not a forced home run. Yeah. Byron Buxton will be MVP of the ALCS in 2018. That's one of your forced home runs from before. That is. Jose Barrios will win at least 20 games and the AL Cy Young Award. That's very much in play. That's a home that run that's me? very much in play. Yeah, is that me? He's wow. got seven wins already, so he's on pace. Yeah, for around twenty wins. Voters are going to love him, and he's going to get votes for sure. Um, yeah, you have a couple more on here too. Let's see. I have the Vikings will finish exactly eleven and five and make it to at least the NFC title game, and um, the Purdue or Gonzaga would win the NCAA tournament. We must have done these back in March at the time. And those were those were not correct, obviously. Uh, I'm trying to find Dave's. Dave, I you are kind of Dave you doesn't want, into the pool here a little bit. He doesn't want you to find him. Yeah, you have. A, there's it's a Kirk Cousins one that his home debut. He's going to throw for three touchdowns, 350 yards, and uh, no interceptions. But I don't know. I feel like we had to kind of nudge Dave on the home run predictions last time. He doesn't like them. Maybe this is it. The, the Shohei no, Otani. Like here it is. Shohei Otani will be a rookie of the year and an MVP. Uh-oh. There's, well, a, there's a home run for you. That was Uh-oh. a nice effort. <laughs> you didn't say what year, in fairness. I should have mentioned Tommy John's surgery candidate. <laughs> Oops. Well, sorry, Shohei. Curse of Harrigan. Are you guys ready for this? Three forced yeah, home runs each. Be. Swinging for the fences. In a big Taking way. me out of my swing plane. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Judd. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to start off big. I'm going to start off swinging for a 485-foot home run. Okay. Kirk Cousins will extend a streak in this coming season. 
by becoming the sixth consecutive quarterback to win NFL MVP honors. Whoa, Kirk Cousins. He ain't gonna come. Wow. He ain't gonna come in here and tiptoe around and dilly dally. He ain't gonna be subject to the curse of Keenum. He's gonna come in here and lay down the law. NFL MVP, the sixth consecutive quarterback to do so. Wow, look at that. Write this down. You know what? You can see the path there, right? If he has a big season, get the and the Vikings around. have a big season, yep. and, uh, and, and people he, are paying attention. For sure. It's a big deal. And if it's deemed that you know he was, well, I guess they won 13 games last year, so they'd have to come yeah. close to winning 13 games. You like that? You like that? Pretty good. Give me that down. smile. Write it down. You like writing things down. That forced smile for the MVP picture. That would be a majestic blast of a home run if it happens. I want to talk about a home run that'll probably go about ah, 376 <laughs> to left field. Just get over that wall. Maybe that's the prediction itself, or maybe that's what I am predicting. Joe Mauer's over 6 yesterday did not deter me. In his first game back from injury with the Twins, he will hit a bomb. Okay. I am predicting a bomb with my bomb prediction. Wow. But dude can't touch AAA pitching, but he's going to come back and hit a bomb. I, you know, okay. Poke it out to left field. It's a home run prediction if I've ever heard one. Literally. Is, yeah. Write it down. You like writing right things flower down. Pots, Write Dave. this down. <laughs> right into the flower pot. Good enough. Do you care to say it's a pull a pull shot? Or are you no, just he said it's, no, I said it's going to left. Oh, he to left. Oh, okay. That's part of the prediction. Sure, why not? Okay. Or a typical Mauer home run. <laughs> I hope he pulls one. <laughs> yeah, just right <laughs> down the right field count. line. This would not count. Don't worry about that happening. All right, write this down. Write this down. I'm going to give you the exact World Cup final and the score. Oh, boy. Okay. Germany will beat Brazil exactly 2-1 to one in the World Cup final to take home the gold. Germany 2, Brazil 1 in the World Cup final a month from now. Does this count if it's... I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. 1-1 one, one after regulation and overtime and it has to go to PKs and Germany wins? Yes. I'm going to count that. Okay. Because that would still be amazing. One. I don't want to, to one, I don't want to trip up at that point. All right. Okay. Because they play two overtime periods, right? They play mm-hmm. like a half hour of overtime, and then they go into the penalty kick phase. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which is right fantastic. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. <clears throat> Keeping it local, Matthew Dumba will lead all NHL defensemen in scoring in 2018-19. So this coming season, Matt Dumba will not lead the Wild. I the, didn't say the Wild. Just said the, these were supposed to come off the board this calendar year. Well, I or can't. Like I, it's it's, with, it's okay. within the calendar hockey season that, okay. that's right. coming up. All right. Okay. He's going to lead all NHL defensemen in scoring in 2018-19. The Wild will be rewarded for not having traded the young man. He'll still make some boneheaded plays, but he definitely has the possibility to be an upper echelon scoring defenseman. And this is points and assists, right? This is points, yes, not just this goals. Is points. Or, goal, goal. or goals and assists, I should say. Yes, okay. this is points. Okay. Just to be clear, he'll lead the NHL defenseman in scoring and points. Write that down. Write this down. Parlay prediction. Eddie Rosario will be the MVP of this year's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And the Twins will come back after the All-Star game with a brand new bullpen cart. Oh. Wow. Eddie Rosario wins the MVP. We celebrate by a post-All-Star game debut of the brand new Target Field bullpen cart. Who gets to drive it? 
Eddie can drive it for all I care. I don't know. I was hoping you'd say I'd be driving no, it. I think God, I no. should be driving it. No, you'll be six deep at Bat and Barrel. I can't put you behind <laughs> no, the wheel. No, they cannot do that. Sure. Write this down. I mean, hey, Byron, like look out. <laughs> Coming through. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to hit Byron Buxton. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I'm going to give you some juicy NBA speculation here. LeBron James, Chris Paul, and Paul George will all wind up as Lakers. And the Lakers will trade Lonzo Ball. LeBron James. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And Paul George Whoa. will all wind up as Lakers this summer. And the Lakers will trade Lonzo Ball. They're going to say, enough of this enough of this my, ball oh BS. We don't need Lonzo or LeVar. Uh, the big baller brand can get lost. It can just, we're, good with, right. we're good with Nike and Adidas. Like wow. We don't need big baller brand. That's a championship team. So you'll right have there. a super team with the Lakers, and you'll have Lonzo Ball being traded away from the whole thing. To the Timberwolves. That was my next prediction. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. It'd be great Write to have that old guy in town. That's Evan's studio. Oh my god, he'd come in studio Very all good. the time. All right, back to Judd. Home runs only here. Please, Home run, write please that down prepare the gallo horn for sounding. Okay, because what I'm about to give you is worthy of it. The Minnesota Vikings will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, and Dalvin Cook will be the MVP of the game. Because because my one and three now dovetail perfectly together. For Cousins is so good that this team gets to the Super Bowl where they beat the Steelers and and former defensive coordinator Mike Tomlin. And Dalvin Cook, who I put on a big year, is the MVP of the game. Can I tell you, I literally had the exact same first part of that prediction written down for my next home run, that the Vikings would beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. But you added the Dalvin Cook thing. I'm going to go back to the drawing board here in the next 30 seconds while we wait for because I don't want to. It's amazing you and I are both tracking the same Vikings optimism here. Yeah, I had Vikings and over Steelers. Steelers in the Super Bowl and Steelers optimism. All right, uh, back to Dave here again. Write that down. That's incredible. That's a heck of a prediction. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction about a member of the show. It is not myself. It is not Phil Mackey. It is not even Judd Zolgat. It is intern Max related. Does he have to leave? No, no, he can stay okay. here because the pressure will only be on him that much more this weekend as he leaves to spend a guy's weekend golfing at Breezy Point up in wow. the uh, Brainerd Lakes area. Wow. Max told me a little while ago that he spent not one but two hours yesterday working on the game, chipping, putting, driving range, getting blisters on me fingers <laughs> as he's taking <laughs> hacks at Edinburgh at the uh, practice what, area. Did you play with a bunch of Rory McIlroy's? Was you guys are going to have like, beers in you? It's unbelievable. Helter Skelter like. He is a, at least what he tells me, a little better than bogey golfer. What you shoot like 82 is your best ever, but low mid 80s is fairly okay. typical for yes. intern Max. Yes. That's good. 
Max will not go under 90 this weekend in any of his 18-hole regulation <laughs> rounds at Breezy Point. He will be an absolute train wreck because he's in his own head about his golf game. Wow. He will not <laughs> wow. go under 90. It's going to be an absolute destruction of your game, and you're going to come back and throw your clubs away. Wow. If that happens, I, I might have to give it all up. Wow. Really? You're going to throw it all the way if you can't break 90. I mean, Will you retire? Yeah. I mean, come on! One time, will you say 90, right now I on can... the show that if you go up there <laughs> yeah. and crap the bed, you will never golf again? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, because it it is impossible that I will shoot over ninety every time. Impossible. How many rounds are you guys playing? We got unlimited golf, so currently we have four tee times: two Friday, two Saturday, and depending on, uh you know, we might decide we will play one on Sunday. Maybe but some Bed Bath and Beyond. Not sure if you'll have enough time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. A lot of strokes for you, young man. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, I, that would be terrible. <laughs> He's That's so nervous. Max right is now. flustered by the notion. Now gives even more up. pressure. It'd be funny if you started the first couple rounds, little 90, 91, and all of a sudden. <laughs> I hope you take a snowman out. right out of the gate. <laughs> see, oh, gosh. See, my goal was to break 80 for the first time in my life. Now I'm worried about breaking 90. That's, yeah, you, that's, you gotta, that's quite yeah, the change. This is, this is tough. Yeah, I almost made that my prediction that you would break 80, but this is much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. All right, final prediction. Since Judd already took the Vikings-Steelers one, I don't know. I might have to... All right, screw it. Vikings will beat the Patriots in the Ooh. Super Bowl. The Vikings will beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and Kirk Cousins will be the Super Bowl MVP. Goal! And and Randy from Cottage Grove will be drunk. You can add that. It's oh, a parlay. He, he might be dead if they win the Super Bowl, not just <laughs> drunk. Parlay. Those are home run predictions. Write that down, and uh, we'll have Dan Hayes talking twins here in about 15 minutes from now. Let's talk about the news that came out a couple weeks ago. Um, it's been all over the show. Chris Lindahl has broken away. Him and his team have broken away from the previous umbrella company, and they are now independent innovators. Chris Rin, uh, Chris Rindall, Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Easy for me to say is the new brand. It's so it's the same great team. It's the same people that have helped hundreds and maybe thousands of people make all kinds more money on the sale of their home over the past few years, me included, by the way. The only big difference here is that they're going to be able to innovate faster and more often. So you're not even going to really notice just in terms of you know what's different for you. Well, number one, they're offering a free listing side commission at chrislindall.com. That's Chris with a K. But it's the same people. It's the same motives. It's the same generosity. It's the same innovation, just better and faster and more often. chrislindall.com. That's Chris with a K. Becky and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN. Gentlemen, I got some fun breaking news for you. This is what everyone's been clamoring for. According to Brett McMurphy, not to be confused with Britt McHenry, this is Brett McMurphy. Yep. Uh, he used to do, he used to be ESPN.com and ESPN college football guy. I don't know. This is from his Facebook page. I don't know yeah, he got, what his deal is now. Let go on the purge last Was year. He? Okay. Mm-hmm. The NCAA's Football Oversight Committee approved recommendations to add not one, not two, but three new bowl games for the 2020 season. That's right. In 2020, including the college football national championship game. 
there will now be 43 bowl games. 43 bowl games. Who's getting bowl games now? Honest to God. What do you mean, who's getting bowl games? Where are we putting Everyone's these, gonna be in a where bowl are we game. putting these additional bowl That's games? That's what it means. What what cities, what godforsaken cities or stadiums are now getting bowl games? Uh let's see here. Gary. Sh- Chicago. Yeah. Gary, yeah. Indiana. Yeah. Duluth's gonna get one. It's gonna be great. They're gonna put a few in How Canada. Do we not have one here at uh, the at uh downtown US Bank Stadium. Well, I'm shocked. Be we careful don't what have you one. wish for here. I'm not uh, the that. new bowl formats will be officially announced on Wednesday, so today. The NCAA has also designated the maximum number of bowl tie-ins per conference. These numbers were based on each conference's average number of bowl-eligible teams over the past four years. So the Big Ten can now get eight, which doesn't include the Rose Bowl bid. Honestly, so really, it's not. it's nine. And then if they get to a national, oh. if they get to the college football playoff, and the Rose Bowl is not part of it, it would be ten. They could be eligible to get ten. It sounds like, let's see here. Uh, Chicago is going to get another bowl game if they don't have one already. They don't have one. And right then now. Myrtle Beach is near lock to host one of the new bowl games. Do they the Chicago have a hold stadium? On. The Chicago Bowl will be played at Wrigley Field and feature the Big Ten against the ACC. Oh no, no! And then uh, the Big Ten is also going to end its affiliation with the San Francisco Bowl, formerly the Foster Shoot. Farms Bowl, after next year. Love that one. Myrtle Beach and ESPN officials have an ongoing discussion about starting this bowl game. And uh, it would not include the Big Ten. But 43 bowl games when you count the national championship game, which means uh, it'll be 84 teams now will be going to college football. Television You're going to have two-win teams going into these these bowls at some point. Television programming. That's all this. <laughs> this is such garbage. It's such oh, crap. It's amazing. So nine Big Ten tie-ins now, you're saying, with the Rose Bowl? If you count the Rose Bowl, nine, yes. And as you just said, a two-win team could get there? I was being a little bit, it's hyperbole to say a two-win team, but you could legit have teams that go 4-0. Hold on, get ready to fire this back up again. You could have a 4-0 non-conference record and have a one-end, would it be one-end, well, I guess it'd be 3-0 in in conference and then go like 2-7. What am I doing here? 3-0 non-conference, 2-7 in conference to get to 5-7 overall, and then that would be... I just rethought something. I just re. You know what? I like this. Here's why. If Wrigley Field has a tie-in with with the Big Ten, you got to figure that they're going to get a crappy Big Ten team. That the team that that is awarded to Chicago is not going to be very good to start their bowl game out with. You can see the Mackey and Judd show going on the road from Chicago, from the bowl game itself. Why I not? Can't. Why not us? Why can't we be there? I mean, we still like the Gophers. You're a, you're a fleck apologist. He should love you. I'm rowing the boat. I could see Mackie and Judd in Chicago. Getting some hot dogs and pizza. Why don't we, we just got go studios. For, we got studio space there. We just go for a Twins White Sox series. At least it's yeah. summer. I don't want to go in January. I, I'm with Dave on this. Anytime like, I, we go to Chicago, I'm happy Chicago's with it. Chicago's great and all, but I'm yeah. I'm good on avoiding the... I was there in February. It was the, fine. The Gophers against you know, San fine. Jose State in whatever this bowl game is Well, besides be that, though, this is, this is so ridiculous now. This is just so stupid. Everybody gets a bowl game. I We will get one. Event, I guarantee you. One of these stadiums. If it's not U.S. Bank, here's my fear. 
the twins are going to get cute. The twins are going to get cute in the middle of in the middle of December. Hell yeah! I mean, Chicago is kind Hell of similar, yeah. I guess. Yes, but it's not quite as brutally no, no. cold in Chicago. My my fear is that they're not going to listen to me about the bullpen cart, but they're going to be like, you know, it'd be really cool a bowl game at Target. I got a fear of this. Yeah, and we're, and if it's not here, if it's not inside here, it'll be an outside bowl game. Here. Um, obviously, this is all just based on, like you <laughs> said, TV revenue, and it's just like it's not even that people are in the stadiums. It's just that they get a chance to put a game on TV that enough people watch. It generates ad revenue and it's you know sponsors and stuff. But if you were to just rebuild this whole thing from scratch, okay, yes. you certainly don't need 40, is it 42, whatever, uh, 84. You don't need 84 teams playing postseason college football. Could you get away with a 16-team championship bracket and then let's say another 16-team like NIT-type tournament and you're just playing postseason football throughout the month of I, December into January. You know I love that idea. And, and, you're, and instead of sending 84 teams to postseason games, maybe you're sending 32, so it's a little bit more exclusive, you know? But, I mean, would anyone really complain? What what does a 5-7 and seven team really get out of going to some fourth-rate bowl game? Well, more practices, Phil. They'll tell you that. Come on. We get to practice more. We get to work on our craft for an extra month. If you go 3-0 and against three complete patsies in the non-conference... And you play nine conference games, and you go two and seven, and just get waxed by all the relevant teams. You don't. You really you agree, no, and then you you're going to practice for you three nothing. weeks and go to some you gain nothing. ridiculous bowl game. The the, the, the on, ultimate man. goal. The ultimate goal should be to pick the pick the best bowl games you possibly can, and eventually end up as you just said with let's say sixteen teams. If you want to do another sixteen team offshoot, I don't even care. But if you want to have a playoff. System that works, you know, expand it gradually, but expand it eventually someday to 16. But this is just, this is nothing more than ESPN and the Foxes saying, sure, we'll pay for more Mm because it's programming. Because you do, you watch those. If if you flip past those games, it's an embarrassment. These stadiums are completely empty. Don't you think it's kind of funny, like that people went, put their heads together in a meeting and someone suggested. I think we need three more bowl games. And consensus in the room was, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, because they're like, like that meeting actually took place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need more bowl games. Because some somebody said, look at how much we're getting. They play it. They play a bowl game, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, the Rays Stadium in Tampa, right? Do they? The Trop? The Trop, I think, has a bowl game. Yes, they play one in the Trop. I flipped. Why would you it play it? You're year. in Florida. Why don't you just play it outside somewhere? I There's flipped, not enough football stadiums in Florida. You've got well here. My fear about the Twins is you've got uh, the Trop host one, San Francisco at uh, the, the Giants ballpark ha- has one. So these are non-football stadiums that think it's really neat to have a ball game. I mean, I would agree with Wrigley Field and Yankee Stadium. To some degree, Yankee yeah, Stadium. Yeah, the pinstripe. The pinstripe bowl played in But can you imagine the- selling that to your players? Hey, we're going to be, guys, this is going to be great. It's kind of a novelty, but we're going to play college football inside a Major League Baseball stadium. Oh, Fenway? No, no, no. Oh, keep going. Wrigley Field? Nope. No, 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 no. What about, uh, oh, man, what about that San Francisco Giants Park by nope, the ocean? Sorry, no, that's, no, no. That's, that's got one, but no, not we're going to play at Tropicana Field. Yeah, yeah. you're going to play <laughs> on the crappiest turf available oh, my God. in a stadium that everybody hates. I think you're talking about the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> thank you! <laughs> Excuse you, but thank you. <laughs> the what? The Bad Boy? Bad Boy Mowers 
Gasparilla Bowl. It sounds like a stomach ailment. It really does. Uh, it sounds huh. like a Tupac rap song from 1994. <laughs> we, hey, what was it? The bad boy what? Mowers. Mowers. We bad boy mowers for life. Gasparilla! Oh, Temple 28, FIU 3 in 2017. Oh, that sounded like a barn burner yeah. right there. Another great game. Uh, Dan, that bowl game was actually played with three conference games remaining on the schedule. <laughs> uh, Dan Hayes from The Athletic will join us to talk some twins when we come back. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Hang on a second. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. Oh! Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now, with a man who's in the clubhouse covering the team every day. Beat writer for The Athletic, Dan Hayes. Courtesy of Prime Mortgage Lending of Bloomington. Home is where your story begins. A drive to right field. Castellanos going back. Gone. A grand slam for A-Ray Adrianza. Adrianza, the hero last night. Twins have passed the Tigers in the standings, Dan Hayes. They've passed the Tigers in the standings as of last night. Take that, Guardy. A monumental moment for this season. There was confetti everywhere. (laughs) It was a a big, big moment. No, you know, it was was a, a huge moment in some regards, just... They've needed that so badly. They need things were going so poorly. You know, Odorizzi had pitched not well and and had somehow gotten through it, and yet they were just struggling against the lefty again. And and then they put it together. And I mean, they had those those moments. They had the Ryan Lamar bunt uh, for a base hit and then get picked off. You know, like they had all those little moments starting to crop up again. And then all of a sudden, Adrianza came through. It was a it was a good moment for him. So was Jake's performance. Uh, not impressive because he struggled, or, or impressive because he looks so bad at times. But actually, pitched deep into that that game. I couldn't, I couldn't fit, figure out which way to fall on how he pitched last night. Yeah, I, I still don't know myself. Uh, I mean, the the fact that he got the line drive, Victor Martinez hit that line drive right at Logan Morrison, and could have gotten really ugly right there. Um, and then he gets out that bases loaded, or. Yeah, I think it was a base low jam at that point. But I mean, he was he was scrambling all night, so it was impressive in that regard. Um, I think we said this before. It's against Detroit; they're not a good team. You know, they're playing well because because Guardy hasn't playing well, but they're not a good team. And I think you have to take all that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, this team needs any kind of momentum it can get at this point. And so for him to get through that and get them to that that sixth inning was a big deal. Um, I mean, they still to use his bullpen for four innings and and i think you know quite a few guys got used but at the same time um they got through it and, and they have barrios on the mound tonight and, and potentially could have a uh three in a row and guys that's called a winning streak i don't i, I don't remember <laughs> wow. any of those. that's called a winning streak um how, how would you sort of rate now that you've had a chance through spring training and the first couple months here to in, ingrain yourself covering this team where do you think this team is at leadership-wise? Because there's been kind of a void off and on throughout the past six or seven years. Once you get past the the, the Tory Hunter return, uh, they seemingly loved what Chris Jimenez and Matt Belisle brought to the clubhouse last year, and Matt Belisle is going to be back in there now. Uh, do you feel like this team has a long ways to go in terms of building leaders behind the scenes? Um, like, what, what's your what's your read on it, Dan? Well. It's been it's been tough because I think Joe Maurer actually 
you know, from what I heard was, was a guy that was doing that last year behind the scenes and, and getting guys fired up, which doesn't, you know, that's not his MO, but, but I've heard that enough to believe it. And you had him, he's been out for a month now. Logan Morrison was a guy they brought in for his personality. He struggled. So he might still show some of his personality, but he's also worried about just getting back on track. And um, you, you look around and Byron Buxton's their energy guy. Well, Byron Buxton has been out for the better part of since April 12th, with the exception of that 10 games he was back. And so, you know, I, I don't think that there's any kind of issue as far as it, it's a good clubhouse. And I, I think these guys get each other going. I mean, Eduardo Escobar, um, Eddie Rosario provide their own kind of energy. I don't know if there's one focal point uh, of leadership. Um, I think that they kind of have a collective, and that's been hurt a lot by guys struggling and, and injuries. Um, but it, it's a very professional clubhouse. I, I can tell you that just being around it, it it's a good group of guys. Um, I think that, you know, they're just waiting for everything to kind of click again and come back together and, you know, if, if Joe Maurer gets through today, um, you know, he's going he's gonna to play first base and in nine innings at Rochester tonight. Um, they, they want him back. I think he brings a level of professionalism to that group and, and the, you know, just kind of the focus on little things and, and sets a tone. And, it, it you know, again, it's, it's weird to say that because he's not the most outgoing of guys, but I think everybody looks to him as a, a big leader. Um, they they kind of go how he goes um, just because it's his clubhouse it's it's his team and and there's a lot of respect there from guys and i've heard that from a lot of people across the room while he's been gone um i i think he is more important in that regard i don't know that they need like a a rah-rah i think you can have that leadership by example be the defining kind of guy as long as you have a very professional team and and they have this great mix. So, um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact he can have when he gets back beyond the fact that putting his 390 career on base percentage back at the top of the lineup will really set a tone, I think, offensively. So, Dan, my, my sense last week after I believe it was they lost, it was either a game two uh, to the White Sox or the Wednesday game. My sense is, though, that this team tends to, to get uptight, and the baseball season is so long that I think the key is is to know it's to know when to be wound tight, which is not much, and when not to. And yeah. I w- I wonder if bringing in a veteran back like this is going to help there, because just when when. You do look around the clubhouse after defeats right now. You do see a lot of guys that look to be pressing and and are probably doing that too much. So my Belial theory is is that they liked what they saw a year ago and are hoping to get a guy that can be not loosey-goosey funny guy, but he can so, sort of be the guy to instill the let's just you know take a deep breath, settle down, we lost a game, but we play tomorrow. I think that's very much why he's here. I mean, also just giving Malder another guy he trusts so that they don't burn out everybody. Addison Reed didn't pitch last night. Uh, Presley went back in there, but he had had Sunday off, I believe. You know, they, they just need to have more options on that end. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the from that leadership perspective, they know. And, and Derek Falvey talked about what, uh, Matt Bilal brings in the clubhouse and you could see it immediately when he showed up yesterday. Um, he, he's just 
got that that kind of personality that you people kind of I, I I would say maybe rally around a little bit. I mean, he he doesn't seem like too fired up, but he definitely is a a good energy guy. And, and you're right, they they do have to remember that because as veteran as they are, there there have been moments where you felt like, man, all the energy just got sucked out of the building. And and that's been one of the things that's been kind of hard to peg with this team is is why that happens because they'll go forward and then, you know, they've been making just outrageously silly mistakes at times. I mean, they, they've been picked off 12 times or picked off caught stealing. Yeah. Not, I'm not sure why they ever made that differentiation. A pickoff to me is a pickoff, but they uh, in step, but they're now called caught stealing. You get and, credit if you get closer to second base when you're getting thrown out uh, as an idiot <laughs> on the base pass. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But I mean, you, you got those kind of mistakes cropping up all the time. And I mean, Adrianza hits the grand slam, and and you had two poor throws there in the bottom half of the inning. And they nearly gave it right back, but Trevor Heldenberger came through and and saved them in a in a big way last night. Um, you know they have they have Lucy Goosey and, and Fernando Rodney. He is a guy who can can roll with the punches. And but I think that what the one issue maybe they've run into is that a lot of their guys they they have so much veteran professionalism in that in that bullpen. But uh, you know some of those guys are so brand new that guys are still getting to know each other. And I'm, I think Duke has a good perspective on games and and the the next day mentality. I think Addison Reeves really good at that. And I I know Rodney is. Um, but those guys are all so new. And, and so I think they need some more of that on the position side. I mean, you know, you've replaced your center fielder, you've replaced your, your shortstop, you've replaced your, uh, first baseman DH. You know, they're, they're, they're so decimated on that side at, throughout the course of the season. And, and Sano not being himself, you know, he's the easy going guy, but right now he's worried about him. Um, it, there's so many kind of issues that they're dealing with that the guys that they thought could kind of help them in that department have been locked in their own struggles so far. Yeah. Dan Hayes from the athletic, the athletic.com slash twins, the athletic.com slash MLB, uh, where you can check out his stuff. So what do you think is the most likely of these three Brian Dozier scenarios? Number one, he gets traded before the trade deadline. Number two, he comes to some sort of, uh, an extension with the Twins, and they, they come together, whether it's during the season or after the season, and, and he signs a, a multi-year extension. Or three, they ride it out through the year, and he leaves in free agency. Maybe they offer him the one-year, whatever, $16 million qualifying offer, and, and he rejects it and goes and signs somewhere else. What's, what's the most well, likely? I, I think, if we're just going to be realistic, that it's probably that he gets traded before the deadline, just because, hey, this team hasn't shown me that, I don't think they've shown anybody that they can really get on a roll and sustain. I mean, they're only five out from the Indians. They've played the Indians well. Uh, they they can possibly build up some momentum if they can. If they win tonight with Barrios, you got a three-game winning streak. You're playing Cleveland this weekend. Um, that's that's a good stretch there, and they need this, and they'll have Maurer back. But, again, they just haven't gotten out of their own way at all this season. So, you know, if, if this continues, I think Dozier gets traded before the deadline. But... If they can keep it going, you know, I you potentially see him, uh, them riding it out with him, going into free agency, and he finds out that, you know, maybe there's not as great of a market for people as he thought there was, and, and he comes back. I could see that happening, but a lot of people are convinced that if he becomes a free agent, somebody's going to swoop in and give him a, a really nice contract, so he'll get paid. I don't know. It, it's been a weird season for him. 
he's still very valuable. His defense has been good. Um, he's provided enough offense at times, but he hasn't been the force that he has been in the past. And so I wonder what that might do to his market. I mean, I wonder if, if this season has, has played a role in that because he definitely has not played totally up to his capabilities. But then again, you know, last year he was not performing very well um, through the end of July and then went on a tear the last two months of the season after, you know, they traded Kinsler and, and he was outstanding. And um, so there's a lot of season left to go. But, uh, you know, at this point, unless they get going, they're going to trade him, you know, before July 31st. Sir, your thoughts on fundamentally why that this team can be so damn dumb? I mean, they're, they're coached by they're coached by a guy who's a baseball savant. He's a genius. Yeah. I don't and and we saw this in 2016. They cleaned it up last year, but you you talked about the pickoffs. You see that this team plays sometimes, and they play some of the most idiotic baseball at times that I've seen, and I don't get why. Well, I think part of it is that you have guys who are career backups been thrust into starting roles i mean adrianza was a utility guy for his whole career um ryan lamar is a guy that has been put uh you know he's he's accrued what 100 plate appearances in the major league level you have guys who are sort of supposed to be the backups playing every day because you're forced to do that right now i don't think we'd see buxton get picked off i you know i i can't speak for whoever the starting shorts you know jorge polanco will be in there. I don't know what he's going to do on the basis. I don't think he'll get thrown out seven times like Adrianza has. Um, that said, Adrianza's you know put together a nice little run here for about a week, and, and his offensive numbers overall are actually above average. Um, but I think we've seen some, some of the, I guess, um, the carryover effect from what's going on. I mean, it has been very poorly played baseball, especially on the bases. And it's not for a lack of message from Malder and the, and the coaching staff. They've held meetings. They've, they've emphasized it. They've tried to get guys together. And yet you see it last night. I mean, Lamar took maybe a, a half of a step and was caught. And it was a great move by, by Blaine Hardy to pick him off. But, I mean, it, you know, it's not like these guys are getting picked off way off the bag. Um, and we've seen it quite a few times where I think Logan Morrison got picked off second base a few weeks ago. And he wasn't trying to advance. There's nothing going on. It's just sometimes it, it gets contagious. Guys get afraid to make mistakes. They make them. And, and like you said, it's guys playing a little bit tight. And I think that's something to do with the inexperience that they're dealing with. And I'm sure they're very hopeful to get some of their star players back and, uh, and soon. Yeah. Hey, great stuff, Dan. Thanks, Dan. See you next All week, guys. man. Talk to you. All right, take it easy. Dan Hayes from The Athletic. He covers the Twins. I have a, I have a question for you about hypocrites in the Minnesota sports fan and media landscape when it comes to Matt, the Matt Belisle thing from yesterday. Sure. And then we also, Brian Murphy, we'll catch up with him in the noon hour. And um, got a couple more things on the Manny Machado pipe dream, too, we can get to. Mackie and Jeff from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Phil Mackey. Well, size isn't everything, I guess. Judd Zolgad. He's white. As white as you folks. With empty eyes and a big hollow voice. He loved to travel around with a mean old house. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Join past and present NHL players for a day of golf at the 2018 Minnesota NHL Alumni Classic. This year's event is taking place Monday, July 16th at White Eagle Golf Club in Hudson. In addition 
to your round of golf. Each registration includes on-course food and beverages, dinner, player gifts, and more. For all the details and to register, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave. All right, I got a, I got a thought for you here. That I'm trying to wrap no. my head around something as it pertains to the Matt Belial reaction. Like, I feel like the initial reaction, not that there was pitchforks and it wasn't like there were 10,000 people outside Target Field. I think I'm probably just in a vacuum of Twitter and um, Matt Belial re-signed by the Twins yesterday. Alan Buzinitz has an ERA of like .3 in AAA Rochester. But regardless of Alan Buzinitz, I think the reaction of Matt Belial coming back is, oh, come on. Like, why? This is a guy who got rocked early in the year last year. He's 38. Like, why? What is the point of this? That's the. Would you agree that that's why kind of the, him? Like, it, why it wasn't. Wild. It wasn't like they sent that news out yesterday, and 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 fans rejoiced that Matt. Belial no, was no, back, no. Right? I think people were were uh, perplexed. But the way to put it. But when the Vikings announced that Brian Robinson was coming back on a pay cut, or that Terrence Newman was coming back, especially Brian Robinson, who I love the guy, but Brian Robinson is very clearly a, a backup at this yeah, point he's in on his, his career. Last, last like, and yes. he's getting toward the end. He's very much a leadership guy behind the scenes, kind of a pseudo assistant coach, and he'll give you something. But he's not going to give you seven, eight, nine, ten sacks. He's going to be kind of a part time player and play a play a role, right, at an old age. And but we love bring yes, it's a great move to bring back old veteran leadership guys to help with the young football players in that locker room and Terrence Newman and Brian Robinson. But if you do it when you're the twins and you're going to bring back my, my, Matt Belial, by the way, in a 1.4 ERA from June I think the difference, 14th on last year. I think the difference is bringing, it's hypocritical. bringing a guy back who left the organization as opposed to keeping a, a guy. There well, is, but why is that there different? Is a, there, is also, there is also a very different reaction, entirely different reaction to Twins moves. Twins moves versus Vikings moves, the perception and reaction, completely different. The Vikings, unless the Vikings do something that's deemed to be just really stupid, really stupid, the Vikings often get the, oh yeah, that, that's a good move, quality move. The Twins, and I don't know if this is because they, they made some very dumb moves, because they certainly have through the last, whatever it is, six, seven years. But anyway, the reaction to Twins moves is always met with uh, rolling of the eyes sort of skepticism, unless it's like Tory. There is much more of a, oh, really? The Twins are doing that? And the Vi- the Vikings seem to get the benefit of the doubt far more, far more than the Twins do. And I get that the Vikings have made, over the past 10 to 15 years, the Vikings have made, their resume isn't flawless, but they've made, I think, more good moves and have a a better batting average than the Twins between like 2010 and 2015, And that's where, yeah, that that was set up. So there's a bit of a knee jerk, but it's, it's, it's the same thing. And I get that Mapalile was gone from the organization then came back, but... The reaction would still be the same if Brian Robinson had decided, now ah, you know what, or or, the, or his contract had run out, and then right before training camp or they during training him? camp they said, let's bring Brian Robinson back. The reaction wouldn't be, oh, God, what are the Vikings doing? The reaction would be, yes, yes, bring back B-Rob. Let's bring him back. He's a great leader behind the scenes. I don't know about be, that. Oh, absolutely. I think, if he had le- I think if he had left, you'd be like, really, you're going to bring him back? And he's old now. But anyway, well, the what's Vikings. What's the difference now? The like, Vikings, they could have let him go. The Vikings definitely. The Vikings definitely get more. The Viking fan base is definitely more accepting 
of players coming back or or being being retained in most cases, where I just think there is a, there is a negative perception towards almost everything the Twins do that is not going to go away until until there's probably a consistent run again of success. Well, let me okay, let me keep going down this path. All right, because the equivalent here would be Alan Buzinitz is the guy that is being held back. Alan Buznitz deserves a chance to be in. And, and, and I don't think these two things are mutually. I think you could sign Matt Belisle and also call up Alan Buznitz and say goodbye to somebody else or whatever, right? Like, right, yeah. It's not one or the other. Because at some point, they'll probably both be in the bullpen together in a week from now. Um, but Buznitz is the guy that's kind of unproven, is showing some flashes, and but you'd like to get him up in this bullpen because he's lights out at AAA. Well, Mackenzie Alexander, the guy who's shown some flashes, uh, you know, he hasn't put it all together yet. You'd like to see if the guy could do something over the course of more snaps. But here's a guy, Terrence Newman, that might take away snaps from him. And people love it because it's Terrence Newman. Yeah. But Matt, the Vikings Matt have had success. been a great reliever over the course of like six or seven years. He's the, not, not a closer reliever, but he's been a really good solid the, seventh inning guy. But the Vikings have, have had success, and the Twins have not for a long time consistently. And I think, I think Twins' moves and decisions are met with two things right now and, and have been for a few years, and maybe it's justified. They're met with apathy and or, really? You just did that? But it's like every move is a knee-jerk, oh, they're idiots. Okay, but you also have, front office. But the thing about the Twins, too, though, is, and th- this is different from football, there's also a feeling among many Twins fans that I know the farm system, and I know what's going on down there. And the Vikings don't have that. So with the Twins fan, the with, with the diehard Twins fan now, you're like, well, I was I was looking at the AAA statistics. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you do this? I think there's a I think there's a certain level of armchair managing in baseball that leads you to say, well, why would you sign Belial when sure. when when Buznitz is pitching so well at Rochester? I guess what I would say is number one, Buznitz will be up at some point, probably very soon. Number two, when Buznitz was up here last year. His ERA was very good, but he also had his expected ERA was much closer to like four, maybe even over four. So it was he wasn't as lights out last year as maybe we think just looking at the numbers. Yep. And point number three, it's not like we're talking about the late '90s Yankees bullpen here. If there was a guy that was immediately like, oh, everything is perfect, and he's going to come up and be knocking on the door to be closer, he'd be up. I so think- like he'll be up. It's fine. Map. I think, but Map Belial coming back is to me, it's kind of a. I kind of like it. It's kind of a sneaky. I think the most important thing is is this: look beyond the stats and look at the roster construction and look at why. So instead of getting upset that they re-signed this guy, the question should have been just why. And the answer is they needed a guy like this, or at least they felt that that they they did, and they're probably and they might be right about it. Yeah. Uh, What's coming up in questions next, Dave? Possibly a very first questions appearance. Of Mackie versus Judd, closest to the pin. Oh, wow. Yes, we're diving diving very deep here. Big time. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On 1500 ESPN.